In fact, I would not be surprised at how many people resonate with it and at how common this one is. Because we live our lives expecting happiness to appear at certain stops and at certain destinations. We live our lives expecting happiness instead of embracing happiness. We live our lives waiting for happiness instead of expressing happiness. And we live our lives hoping for happiness instead of choosing happiness. Welcome back to the What's Up and What's Next podcast, the greatest podcast of all times. Thank you so, so, so much for giving me your time and your energy and listening to this podcast and this episode. There are so many of you listening week in and week out. And look, I just want to say thank you because it means the world to me. And I know I say thank you pretty much every single episode, but For me, it's like when people ask me, why do you say thank you so much? I ask them, why not? Why are you so grateful, Eric? I ask them, why not? And the reason why is because I never take things for granted. I always take them for gratitude. And with you sitting here, going on a walk, going on a drive, commuting from work, commuting back home, whatever it is that you are right now listening to this episode, I want you to know from the bottom of my heart that I take you for gratitude. I don't take you for granted. So thank you so much for listening. Hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review. It only takes a couple of seconds and it helps the podcast so, so much and it means the world to me. Now, I have been reflecting a lot on life. Recently, I have been reflecting on the meaning of life. I've been reflecting on the definition of life. I have been reflecting on the objective of life and so on and so forth. And amongst all of these reflections, something really interesting came up to my mind in regards to the biggest regrets in life. And whether or not it is possible to live a life without any regrets at all. There's two types of regrets in life. Number one, regretting the things that you did. And number two, regretting the things that you didn't do. And if I had to choose between those two, I would much rather live a life where I did a lot of stuff and some of them I regret doing. Rather than living a life where I didn't do any of the stuff I wanted and then regret not doing them. Imagine living a life where you constantly ask yourself, what if? What if I had done this? What if I had done that? What if me doing that could have led me to this? What if me doing this could have led me to that? That is a horrible way to feel. And I certainly do not want my life to end like that. In an ideal world, I'd rather live a life where I have zero regrets at the end of my life. But how realistic is that? I don't know. I don't know how realistic it is. But what I do know is that I can choose to live a life that is truthful to me. And in doing so, do things that I truly value. Spending time with people that I truly value. Just living a life doing things that I truly value around my own intrinsic values. Recently, I came across this person called Bronnie Ware. I hope I'm saying her name right. 
And she was basically like a nurse carer for patients that were on their deathbed. And what she did while she was caring for them was she asked them about any regrets that they had. And she effectively collated all those insights from everyone she got to speak with on their deathbed. And she summarized them in a book called The Top 5 Regrets of the Dying. The reason why this is such interesting insight is because when you are on your deathbed and there's nothing you can do, you just know it's the end. It's certain you have reached the final destination. At that point in time, you reach a completely different and deeper level of clarity around your life and you see things so clear without noise, filters or external clouds. So your answers and your insights are more profound, they're more intrinsically truthful and they're more authentic. So I decided to have a look at the top five deathbed regrets and I must admit I have not read the book. However, I got a hold of the five regrets that the book states. So I will just read out loud each statement one by one and then I will give you my own insights and my own views and my own interpretations of each of them in what I believe it means. So let's get started, shall we? Number one. I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Now when I read this, straight away the first thing I think about is the amount of friends who I have lost touch with over the years. And I also think about the amount of friends who I am still in touch with right now. However, I could be doing a better job at nurturing those friendships. When I read this statement, I was reminded of the idea that more often than not, we don't truly realize the immense benefits and value that our friends hold in our lives. So many times we let golden friendships just slip by over time because we get too caught up in our own lives. And the best example of that is just looking at your progress in life. As you've progressed through your life, you started off earlier with so many friends at school, college, university, and as you become an adult and you indulge in the adult lifestyle, you look around and and you have now got less and less friends and your circle becomes smaller and smaller and it's almost harder to keep up with friendships as an adult because everyone is busy trying to make it. Everyone is busy trying to look after their lives. Everyone is busy getting caught up in their own problems, issues, challenges, obstacles, and also their own personal commitments. That it becomes easy to get sidetracked and lose friendships or lose touch with friendships. I gotta be honest, this is something that I am seeing now a lot more in my life. Don't get me wrong, I know a lot of people and a lot of people know me, but that doesn't mean everyone is my friend. And I feel like we use the word friend so loosely these days. Like you met someone at the coffee shop queue to grab a coffee and you're now calling them friend. Like, already. <laughs> my definition, this is personal to me, but my definition of a friend is someone who is actively close to me, whom I share a connection with and who I value in my life. So not everyone gets that title. Anyways, my point is, even though I know so many people and so many people know me, there's only a select few that I actually consider 
actual friends. Everyone else I see more as an acquaintance. And so my circle is extremely small right now, definitely smaller than when I was at university or at college or at school. And to add on top of that, I barely see them these days and I barely talk to them these days because we're all so caught up in our own lives. And by the way, I want to make this clear, that doesn't change the way we feel about each other in our friendship. And when we see each other or we message each other, it's always love. Ain't nothing changed. So it doesn't change the way we feel about each other because we've cultivated this friendship which doesn't require a great amount of maintenance. We know that we're all busy. We understand that we're all busy. And when we see each other, it's all love. When we message each other, it's all love. And when we decide to plan to meet up or go for dinner or go for a meal or go do this, it's all love. So it doesn't change the way that we feel about each other in our friendship. But it certainly doesn't do anything to further improve and enhance that friendship either. So when I read this statement, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. It makes me reflect on my own life. And I think to myself, maybe I have to make more of a conscious effort to see the people that I call my friends and spend more quality time with them and further improve and enhance those friendships. And that doesn't mean seeing people every day or talking to them every day, because let's be honest, Ain't nobody got time for that. I ain't got time for that. So that's not what it means. But it just means making more of a regular check-in or more of a regular link-up. Number two, I wish I had let myself be happier. (laughs) This one hits deep. It almost speaks to me in, in a way that I haven't been spoken to. And I feel like a lot of people listening to this will massively relate to it. In fact, I would not be surprised at how many people resonate with it and at how common this one is. Because we live our lives expecting happiness to appear at certain stops and at certain destinations. We live our lives expecting happiness instead of embracing happiness. We live our lives waiting for happiness instead of expressing happiness. And we live our lives hoping for happiness instead of choosing happiness. The moment you define happiness as a conditional concept rather than an unconditional concept, you have effectively agreed to never be happy. Why? Because happiness is not a conditional. Happiness is unconditional. But we make it conditional when we say things like, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy if, I'll be happy when I have this, I'll be happy if I have this, I'll be happy when I do this, I'll be happy if I do this. I'll be happy when I get that new car, or that new house, or that new job, or that promotion, or that watch, or that wife, or that husband, or kids, or family, or when I go travel the world, notice how conditional we have made happiness. We have said that we will not allow ourselves to be happy. I want you guys to dip this. This is literally what we have said. We have said that we will not allow ourselves to be happy unless we are in certain positions, we have certain possessions, we do certain roles, and we get 
certain materialistic things. And if I was a master chef, which by the way, listen, your boy can cook. You know, I, I know a little two to something. I can cook still. So obviously I'm a master chef. So I'm actually going to rephrase this. If I was a top level master chef, I would say that not allowing yourself to be happy based on conditionals is effectively the perfect recipe. Like generally, it is the perfect recipe for unhappiness. For unhappiness, it's the perfect recipe. When you condition your happiness, when you say my happiness is conditional, you have now cooked the perfect recipe for unhappiness. Number three, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Ah, this also resonated with me. I'm not going to lie, it, it resonated so hard because I feel like I've become a bit of a workaholic. I'm obsessed with working and being busy and being productive and overworking and overachieving. I'm just wired to be working all the time because of how my life has unfolded. Whether that be my career, my business, my projects, I'm just constantly switched on and I find it so hard to switch off. So when I'm reading this, I'm just like, damn, maybe I need to switch off sometimes. Maybe I need to slow down sometimes. Actually, not maybe, definitely. See, I even struggle to articulate the right language when it comes to this kind of stuff. I said maybe instead of definitely. It's not a maybe, it's a definitely. And I just, overall, I need to do better and I will do better because I'm aware of this and I will do better for sure. I will try my best because I, yeah, it's, it's just something that I want to do better at. Now, my understanding of this one is that they probably didn't mean it in the sense of, oh, you shouldn't work hard, just be lazy at work. No, 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 like, that's not what I think it means. I think it means don't let work consume your life. Don't live to work, work to live. I'm guessing they meant it in that sense. They probably missed out on their children's youth, childhood, growing up. They probably missed out on spending time with their family, with their husband or wife, with their close friends and loved ones. And that's the time that they will never get back. That's the time that they can never get back. Money comes and goes. People come and go. But time? Time just goes. And as I'm doing this episode, I'm going to be really honest with you. I am genuinely dipping this. I'm dipping this in a way that feels, it feels crazy to me. So notice how even I, I'm just doing this episode right now and on the spot, I am feeling a type of way about it. Because it's not saying don't work hard, it's saying don't let work consume your life. You can still work hard whilst enjoying life. You can still work hard whilst living life. You can still work hard whilst not letting it take over your life. You can do both. You can have both. But we just have this misconception that we can only have one at a time. But two things can coexist. And this is just one of them for sure. 
And as you know, I'm a Jayshetty certified life coach and I've actually had clients come to me who have no idea how to navigate and get a grip on their lives because they feel like they need to work super hard in order to achieve their goals. But then they also feel like they're losing themselves and their lives in the process. And so I've worked with clients where I've had to literally first shift their mindset and two, shift their actions. Because really it's about looking at your values and it's looking at your actions and saying, do my actions align with my values? And if they don't, how can we make them more aligned? And I've walked multiple clients on that journey and it's been such a pleasure seeing people navigate their life in a way that feels more fulfilling, in a way that feels more meaningful and in a way that feels more purposeful. So if this is something that has resonated with you and you're interested, then please go to ericjivrajcoaching.com and book yourself a free discovery call. And me and you can have a chat to really figure out how we can work together to help you accomplish your dreams and to help you achieve your goals. Number four, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. <sighs> yeah, this hits home a little bit. How many of us spend our entire lives suppressing our feelings instead of expressing our feelings? All because we wanted to keep peace with others or all because we were too afraid to express ourselves freely and truly all because we were too embarrassed or ashamed to let our feelings out. And then we end up regretting not being more vulnerable. And then we end up regretting not being more expressive. And then we end up regretting not being truthful as to how we truly feel. I personally believe that the most liberating feeling is the feeling of expression of your feelings. Because you're just being you, you're just being honest, you're just being expressive, you're being vulnerable, you're being raw, genuine, unfiltered, authentic. You're just being you, you're being your true self. Don't suppress, just express. Yeah, that just sounded like some sort of slogan or marketing ad for some next company. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what just happened there. But no, but like, I mean it, like, don't suppress, just express. Number five, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. <sighs> so this one, again, it, it really hits me. As you can tell throughout this episode, all of this have just been hitting me in the face and I'm just like, damn, <sighs> it's big facts. Now, this is the most common regret of all. And why is this the most common regret of them all? Because most of us spend our entire lives, I can't even stress this, most of us spend our entire lives living a life that is not truly what we desire, that is not truly what we want, that is not truly what we value, and that is not truly what we care for. But we still live that life we still go on and live that life, that same exact life that we don't care about, that we don't value, that we don't desire, and that we don't even want, we still go ahead and live that life. And you're probably asking, why is that? I, when I sit back here and I, I think about it, at the top of my head, I'm thinking 
multiple reasons for it. Okay, there's, I think there is a wide range of multiple reasons for it, but I'm certainly sure that for some people, it will be because it's what's expected from their parents, it's what's expected from their family, it's what's expected from their religion, it's what's expected from their culture, it's what's expected from social media, it's what's expected from society. Notice how all of these expectations and this is something that I've noticed as I was speaking about it right now. Notice how all of these expectations are expectations made by external factors and they are projected onto us internally. These expectations are literally made and created externally and somehow they're projected onto us internally. Not a single one of those expectations is the expectation from ourselves to our selves. So when I read this statement, there's two main issues that come to my mind. Number one is the way we look at life. We look at life as if there's this magnificent checklist to success, as if there's some timeline to success. Go to school, go to college, go to university, get a good job, get a relationship, get married, get kids, and not only that, so it's not only about, okay, here's a checklist, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, here's the checklist to success. There's a couple of boxes, you have to tick them all, right? As if that wasn't enough, now you also have a timeline to it. And you have to do all of those things by a certain time frame. By 21, you should have finished university. By 25, you should already be in a relationship and ready to get married. By 30, you should have already been planning to have kids or have kids already. And the list goes on and on and on. That checklist and that timeline are so wrong and so out of place and so irrational. And most of us would agree to it, right? As I'm speaking, I'm hoping that majority of you would agree with me that all of this is nonsense. I, I believe we can all agree that this is nonsense. It's our lives, we do what we want with it. And so here's the interesting thing. If that is true, and most of us, if not all of us, agree with what I just said, then why is it that most of us still fall into the trap of trying to follow that timeline and that checklist subconsciously? Why is it that we still do it? Why is it that we still chase it? And I feel like it's because it's been ingrained into us since we were children. It's been always programmed into us and it's become a limiting belief. For us to believe that those checklists and those timelines, they're now part of our truth. And that going outside of those boundaries is us being untrue to ourselves. That just sounds like a limiting belief to me that comes from childhood. And I want to explore this a bit more. Let me give you an example of a limiting belief that I had when I was growing up. One of the things that I remember as I was growing up as a kid was that I, I just, it's so interesting as I think back to it, I just remember thinking to myself that I was meant to go to university and then get a nine to five job and then stay in that nine to five job forever, for the rest of my life. That was what I grew up believing. I believed I'd have to go to school, college, university, 
which is basically getting the, the formal educational path, which is the traditional and conventional, and then get a nine to five job and then stay in that nine to five job forever, for the rest of my life. This is something that I truly believed in. And I had almost accepted this as my reality. But luckily, as I was doing university, I realized that I don't really want to stay in the same company for 45 years. And then when I realized that I don't really want to do that, what I also realized afterwards, I don't have to, right? Isn't that so liberating? You realize that this is not what you want and then you realize, hold up, I don't have to if I don't want to. And by the way, I want to say this, there is nothing wrong with staying in a company for 45 years. Like I am not judgmental of that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. That's not my point. My point is here's a limiting belief, which thankfully I let go of whilst I was at university. And that has allowed me to do more with my life in that area of life. I have now been through four companies in the past five years and I have enjoyed my time in each of them. I've gained new skills. I have been exposed to the real business world and I'm happy to say and sit here that I understand the corporate world a lot more and to a massive extent. But I wouldn't have done any of that if I had stayed true to the limiting belief that was ingrained to me since childhood, which was not something I even wanted at all. I wanted to get more exposure in industry, so I did just that. So back to my first point. We look at life as if there is a checklist and a timeline, but that's wrong. And then there's a second point to it, which is most of us are so afraid of what other people will think that we stop ourselves from actually doing the things that we love the most. And how sad is that? That we care more about keeping others externally happy as opposed of keeping ourselves internally happy. That we care more about others being happy, even if it means that we're not truly happy. Let me ask you something. If you constantly care about what other people think about your life, is that your life or is it their life? Serious question. I'm, I'm generally asking you. Is it your life or is it their life? Because if you spend a whole lifetime thinking about what others are going to say and stopping yourself from living life in your own accord, then that was never your life to begin with. The reason why I like this last statement so much is because it is the truth and it is the reality. So I'm going to read it again because, you know, <laughs> it sparked so many different thoughts in my mind and I want to read it again to really like capture the beauty and the power behind that statement. It says, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. And for the longest time, I have to be honest with you guys, for the longest time, I was falling into the trap of living the life others expected of me. And I'm just being truly honest about it. I fell onto the trap that for the longest time, I just had to live this life that was expected of me. But in the past couple of years, I have I've really hit a defining point in my life in the past couple of years where I said to myself, this isn't how I want to live my life. And this is how I want to live my life. I want to live my life according to my own desires, 
hopes and dreams and I don't care about society's expectations and I also don't care about other people's opinions. Well, I kind of do, but I decided that I don't care about them enough to stop me from doing what I truly wanted. And that was the starting point. If it wasn't for that conscious decision, I would have never started this podcast. This exact podcast that you are listening to right now, I would have never started this if I didn't make that conscious decision. So let me tell you something about this podcast that you guys don't know. I was actually really scared to launch this podcast. Um, I, I remember this as if it was yesterday, which was basically like, so the day before I started this podcast, or the day before I was supposed to launch the podcast, I almost, almost, almost pulled out and said, nah, I am not doing this. This is a, a true story, by the way. I'm, I'm being super honest. I've never shared this story before. The day before launching the podcast, I almost pulled out and said, nah, I'm not doing this. Because in my head, I felt like me launching this podcast where people can now hear my voice and they can hear my thoughts. It almost feels like I'm vulnerable and I'm being exposed to an extent, which is true, by the way. And keep, keep in mind, this was in 2020, right? I started the podcast in 2020. And this was like the first time I was really putting myself out there on the internet. Of course, yes, I had social media, I had Instagram, Twitter, you know, I, yeah, I had all those social media apps and I would post on them, but I never had to put myself on a platform that can expose a side of me that is personal. And so I remember I was worried. I was like, what are people going to think? Will they like it? Will they support it? And I was overthinking it so much. And I just, I just remember at some point saying to myself, let me stop, pause, Eric, pause. You know what? Why am I doing this? Well, I'm doing this so that I can educate, entertain and inspire people through content. Okay, cool. Do I feel like I have created episodes that once they get launched and published and posted, people will appreciate? Yes, I, I believe I've created high value content episodes. Okay, cool. So regardless of what people think, will I be proud of having taken that step and launched it? And the answer was yes. So after I asked these three questions to myself and I reflected and I said yes, yes, and yes, I was like, okay, you know what? Let's run it up. So I went ahead with it and the next day I pressed publish and we launched. And today, that same podcast that almost didn't make it, that almost didn't exist, right? That same podcast that almost didn't make the cut, Today, that same podcast has got thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners and downloads from all over the world in 69 different countries, which I'm so grateful for. I am so grateful for you listening to this episode and this podcast. If you listen to this right now, just know I am incredibly grateful. And that was the first step towards me aligning myself with what I truly want. And I have so many more examples of that. Me shooting the Gymshark 66 documentary, me starting my TikTok content creator journey, me becoming a JShady certified life coach, me starting my coaching business, me switching jobs in the corporate world from a software engineer to an agile delivery manager. All of these milestones in my life have beautiful, beautiful stories that I would love to tell you all about one day, but I'm gonna save those for another time. My point here is I am finally 
starting to do more things that align truly with who I am. I am finally making more choices that align truly with what I want. And I am finally spending more time with people that I align with and I truly value. And hopefully for the rest of my life, I can consciously and actively make choices that feel more aligned to who I truly am and to who I truly want to be. And whilst I cannot really guarantee that at the end of my life, I will not have any regrets, I can almost certainly guarantee you right now that I am going to try my best to live my life to the fullest extent of what I genuinely value in this life so that I can become fully aligned in my lifetime. That's my promise to myself. And I don't even like making promises and that's a conversation for another day, but I promise to myself that I will live a life that is more aligned to me. So I'm going to do it. I really hope you've enjoyed today's episode the way that I've enjoyed today's episode. And I hope you took something away from it. I hope you took key takeaways from it. Please share this episode with someone who you think will benefit from listening to. Maybe your friends, maybe your partner, maybe your family, co-workers, anyone who you think will benefit from listening to this, send them this episode. I'm sure they'll love it. And as you've sat down today and you've listened to this episode and you've listened to the five biggest regrets that people have in life, I hope that you reflect on it and you tell yourself, let me make a change in my life right now. Let me not wait until the end of my life. Let me not wait until after the fact. Let me make a change right now whilst I still can. Let me turn things around. So have a think about the five regrets that I spoke about and really ask yourself, does this apply to me? And if it does, how can I make a change for the better? How can I be better for myself, for the people around me and for my life? How can I be more aligned? Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for choosing personal growth. Thank you. It means a lot. Hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review. It takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to me and it helps the podcast so, so much. And if you've enjoyed today's podcast, then please make sure to listen to the next one to find out what's up and what's next.